You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rolling into the All-Star break here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. You can follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram at LockedOnPHXSuns. You can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Another four straight for the Suns, another victory over the Golden State Warriors, 120-98, a blowout win, never really close, 11-point deficit for the Warriors after the first quarter. Bill Walton-looking Nico Mannion could not get them back into this game. Rookie James Wiseman making his, um, getting acclimated again after a departure out of being out of the lineup. Did not make a dent in this lead, and the Suns bench takes things home. We'll get into all of it in the following segments. I want to do first bring you guys the stretch of the game that defined it, that decided it, that really um, put it out of reach in that first quarter. But first, if any of you guys are new, if you're coming here to celebrate the win, to celebrate four straight, to maybe give the Suns a little bit more of a look if you're not always tuned into this team, but you see the second best record in the NBA. Yes, that is still true. Don't forget it. And maybe that's you. And to all of you, to returning listeners, to new listeners, to people who may become regular listeners. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Maybe that's a scroll up. Maybe that's a scroll down. Maybe that's a back arrow. Find the page where you can subscribe and do so because I am not going anywhere. Yes, there's a break in the NBA. There's not a break on this show. We're taking the opportunity to look back on the season and start to prep for what comes next. There's a trade deadline coming. There is playoff action not too far around the corner, and there's a ton of fun basketball still to come and still to break down. So we will do that now. The Suns' 35th game of the season and 24th victory. Just incredible to think about that this team is 24-11 and and just put together a wild uh, stretch since February 1st. I mean, just breathtaking. I think 15-3, and like, can't say enough good things about it, right? But Still worth diving into this game as we do with them all. This stretch of the first quarter is where I really think this game uh, turned. Like, I don't feel like the Warriors really ever had a chance after this. Kent Bazemore made a three-pointer with one minute and 41 seconds left in the first quarter. The benches weren't at this point, although for the Warriors, without Steph Curry and Draymond Green, it was a bench fest the entire night. But that's where we take things. So from that point on, the Suns would score 10 points in less than two minutes and the Warriors would score zero points. So what we had the next time down, Dario Scharch makes a deep, deep three. The Warriors miss a shot. Pascal misses a floater. Next time down, Nader gets down the floor off of a uh, transition opportunity after that bad decision by Pascal to take the shot. The Suns get down the floor, Nader misses, gets his own offensive rebound, puts it back in, then on the other end blocks Pascal's next shot, they get back down the floor in transition, and Nader makes a three from the right wing, Um, and then 
another miss by Bazemore, and a layup by Dario Shar. So all of the scoring comes from five points by Nader and five points by Sharich. The bench getting it done, campaign getting an assist, each one more getting an assist. Uh, a lot of you know sharing the ball, up tempo play, defense, which has been a breath of fresh air for this this bench and this team in general as they've beaten up on lesser competition, but still they've really locked in on defense and done what they should do against worse teams. Sharich has a lot to do with that, I think. Uh, Nader has a lot to do with that. Campaign is actually somebody that Monty wants to see more from defensively. We'll get into that momentarily, but just dominant. I mean, I felt like watching this stretch that in the moment, it felt like this was where the game was just going to be done for the Warriors, and that proved to be true. Um, just credit. I mean, it would be one thing to see Booker and Paul and Ayton and Mikhail, like the guys, the usual suspects just dominate, right? And and they did in their minutes, like um, what you would expect. I mean, the Warriors just didn't have many players. All of the starters in this game were, at, were either neutral or positive in the plus minus, so everyone got theirs tonight but to see the bench really just take this game home was really impressive and we'll talk more about it as we get to our usual positives segment here in the next part of the show Um, a lot of that's going to be the bench as you might expect in this one Um, so so a lot of good stuff there I mean the Warriors just did not have much Jordan Poole kind of doing whatever he wanted Andrew Wiggins after another maybe the fifth, I don't even know, straight season of uh, Andrew Wiggins. Maybe this is it. He has fallen off, but just kind of did his usual 48% or so shooting and not much of an impact on the game. This was just a, a, a real rollover by the Warriors. They did not plan to win this game, as evidenced by not playing their two best guys. So the Suns took care of business, did what they should. We'll get into the bench, guys. We'll get into... Um, in the closing segment, I want to just give some thoughts on what the first half of the season has been uh, for me, my impressions, and we'll have some guests on to do the same in the coming days, but I just wanted to take a minute to do that, especially with not much um, going on in terms of our usual closing segments. But first, before all of that, a quick break to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to bet on all of your favorite sports action march madness i cannot talk about enough i think it's going to be a crazy one i think you can't discount the bubble aspect of this the fact that we have just such a dominant favorite in gonzaga it is bound to be um fun fun to bet on exciting march especially just with how much hype i think is going to be around it now that we finally get a tournament after missing it last year so should be fun check it out on bet online they have favorites right now as far as who you think could win the whole thing um, i think you can bet on who's going to make the tournament still since we are not yet upon selection sunday and then once the tournament once the brackets announced once the tournament gets going you're not going to want to leave betonline.ag they have you covered for all the news scores and odds that you need to inform your decision making so it is the best place again to place a bet to put into your betting rotation, and best of all, it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to download their app, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, 
head to betonline.ag or download their app, make an account, and use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Talking a little bit about the bench here for the Suns, which scored, I believe, 61 points tonight, which is remarkable, obviously, in large part because this game got out of hand and the bench guys just played a ton, but still a cap to what has been a nice couple of weeks for that group. And, I mean, you look and it's like Chris Paul has hardly, I don't even know if he scored in double digits most of the past few games. I, I don't feel like he has, and it's in large part because he just hasn't need, needed to. I mean, Dario Sharge getting healthy has been massive for this team, so let's start with him. You see, I talked about the two-man game on Tuesday night, and we talked a little bit about it with Kevin Zimmerman on our Thursday show um, that, that we recorded Wednesday, and it's like having another... Um, screening option and I don't even want to be any more specific than that because of all the things he can do after the screen has just been really really important for this offense his versatility and creativity in those spots whether it's uh, Chris Paul campaign or even Mikhail Bridges who he's operating with in the two-man game is just really tough for teams to guard and Monty giving him the, the green light to operate as a playmaker to be to have the ball in his hands and do things with it, um, it's just been huge to unlock his game. And we really saw another one tonight, plus 20 in the box score, 13 points on 67% shooting from the field, made a three, dished a couple assists, didn't turn the ball over. You'd like to see him get to the free throw line a few times every night. That's nitpicking. He's been excellent and did it again tonight. And we have to talk also about Abdul Nader, I mean, this is a player who I I, t- I remember tweeting early on after doing some preview shows for you guys, um, you know, how embarrassed I was to do rotation episodes, thinking about what the rotation might look like and not mention, mentioning Nader. I felt like he was going to be a factor for this team and he wasn't for a while, so I guess my forgetting him was proven correct for a moment, but my hunch was in time correct, which is that this guy is really valuable type of player and and has added a level of confidence and comfort, I think, that wasn't there in the past. You know, I'm not going to pretend to have watched a lot of Oklahoma City last season, and he did start to find a groove there, was actually getting playing time, has always been efficient because of how easily he can get to the basket and has improved as a three-point shooter. And so all things considered, having a guy with legitimate wing size, it almost makes you feel like it was a real mistake on the part of the Thunder. I know, I, I believe he's going to be a free agent after this season and you know they're trying to rebuild and reimagine what their team's going to be. But to just give away a bonafide, long, athletic wing player in the NBA right now is almost inexcusable no matter what it is, especially, you know, obviously when that guy proves to be a real player. And so I'm not saying that all is what he's going to be, but it has been what he's been the past week or so, and especially the past two games. And if he can be a real factor going forward, it's going to be another playoff caliber piece that the Suns have in a rotation already full of them. He was six of 12 tonight, nine rebounds, three offensive boards, 14 points total, Um, he just, 
feels like he's reached a point in his career just talking to him, covering him this season, dating back even to the first time we ever talked to him. He is such a chill and laid back person that I think has developed over time. And just hearing him talk about his career, it's like, you know, he's learned to be patient. He's learned that he doesn't have the reputation of being a obviously a star level player, anything like that. But he is a player who um, tends to, I feel like always you look at his just career statistics and it's like he doesn't always play, but when he does, tends to perform at a high level. And I think this time earning the, co- the trust of the coaching staff here and they need a player like him who can put pressure on the basket, who can play a little bit of defense, obviously can shoot if he needs to. It's just a, a unique weapon for them and one that I think Monty wants to explore more. He said today, you know, he reshaped the rotation specifically with Nader in mind, just trying to get him on the floor because good things have been happening when he's there lately. I don't know, guys. I feel I, I've been joking with you for those of you who follow at Locked on PHX Suns. I said he should be an all star. I've been joking around with everybody about it. Uh, I'm obviously being a little facetious when I say that, but he is a player. I really feel that way. And um, I think Monty would be will be rewarded if he can hang with him because um, I think he has a, a maturity to him now to his game and to his mentality about the game that's been really reaping benefits. So once again, Chris Paul has scored eight points and 10 points in the past two games, had a two point game on the 22nd against Portland in a win. When you have the the best point guard you know, of his generation on your team, and he hardly has to do anything, uh, you're in a pretty darn good spot. Sharich and Nader had a huge part in that. But the other guy who obviously did is Cameron Payne. And dating back all the way to January when he had the uh, ankle sprain that caused him to miss a few games and the rotation went into a little bit of a tailspin, it was... A kind, of, kind of a confluence of things where we knew Booker was out, but quietly, subtly, Payne was also out for some of that time, and the offense just didn't look as good. And then since then, obviously, it's helped just to have everybody healthy, and Payne just being out there a lot of the time is better than, you know, Langston Galloway being overextended, trying to make plays, or Javon Carter doing the same, Etuan Moore even, not really a natural point guard. So Payne has an obvious role, but he was not playing like himself for a lot of the time since he returned. He really, you know, wasn't attacking the basket. He's not an athletic dunk-on-your-head finisher, but he is a player for whom, you know, getting into the paint, making plays from that advantageous position is really just a massive part of what he does on the floor. Like, you know, get past his man, dish it out to a three-point shooter, or, you know, get past his man, craftily finish over a bigger defender he can shoot you know he can finish layups floaters flip shots whatever with either hand he has a floater a little bit he can shoot the three but it's all predicated on his ability to get downhill everything he does on the floor on offense and so not having the comfort to go all the way to the basket and try to finish really hampered him and so we've seen that lately and we really saw it tonight 7 11 from 7 of 11 from the field, 17 points, got into rhythm on a couple of those threes, 10 assists, just two turnovers. Overall, as a team, they had an almost 2 to 1 turnover ratio that has continued 
for several games now. And in this one, they didn't even have a ton of threes, which usually can you know lift up your three-point or your assist numbers because most threes are assisted. So Payne was probably the driving force in the ball movement tonight, and that all happened because he was able to get into rhythm in that way. And I think that's obviously something that you want to see continue, and having the rest for him will probably be really important. He's obviously not going to the All-Star game, so continuing to work, get comfortable, get physically ready, and get back to the player that he was. Monty specifically also pointed to the defensive end, wanting to see him buckle down and be the consistent contributor that he was and can be. Uh, I I really believe in his defense. I mean, you see how strong he is, how sure-footed he is. He knows how to play defense. I think even he admitted post-game today, it's just about a mentality. He just needs to commit to that. And obviously, when you're trying to focus on getting your offensive game right, getting your body back to where it needs to be, you know, the defense can slip. That's understandable. He obviously needs to do both to be a part of this playoff rotation. But three steals tonight, a block, uh, just a, a hopefully a return to form type of game for campaign. So just on all ends of this bench, a massive night, uh, a great way to go into the break with some momentum and uh, carrying the weight, helping the starters. I mean, if this, if this bench can do this in the second half of the year, you know, how nice would it be to have games where Chris Paul's playing 21 minutes, Deandre Ayton, 22, um, Sharich, 18, Crowder, 24, those are really nice places to be if you can, and so uh, it certainly will not upset anyone in that locker room, I'm sure, if the bench um, takes them home a lot of the nights, and and maybe that's what's to come. I really do think this bench is rounding into form. Okay, close with some final thoughts about the first half of the schedule and where things are headed in the second half, just the experience of seeing this team's rise. Uh, But first, another quick break to tell you about our friends at Blue Chew. This episode sponsored by Blue Chew, which is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time for you to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so there's no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Best of all, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, once again, all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your particular prescription. If you do not like or cannot swallow pills, there is absolutely no issue there because Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. No big obnoxious pills to speak of. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship directly. So online, no awkward conversations, discreet packaging, and cheaper best part, most importantly, correct? Yes. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. Things are opening up, guys. We're going to be back out there. Here is a special deal for you, for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Locked On, all one word, the name of our network to receive your first month free. 
and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the show. Going to close things out here with my general thoughts on the first half of the season. I don't know if I'll do another solo show. Actually, we only have a few days off when all is said and done as far as weekdays go, and we will be on our airwaves here. So I want to take a moment to give my thoughts because we're going to have mostly guests next week. First, though, a quick reminder, if you're not listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball and you like Locked On Fan or and you like fantasy basketball or even are thinking about trying fantasy basketball, you are making a massive mistake. On our network, the best, the most reliable, the most trusted fantasy basketball analyst out there, Josh Lloyd. Josh Lloyd gives you everything you need every week and does it in a more detailed way than I think anyone else out there. Daily doses of waiver wire pickups, what's real and what's not out there, daily fantasy versus, you know, long-term leagues, dynasty leagues, or just regular old drafts and players and try to win your league stuff. He does the best at all of it. So subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball out there, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you listen to podcasts. So thinking about the first half of this season, um, a lot of things are different than I expected. Um, I did not believe in this team's defense. We talked about it with Kevin Zimmerman on our Thursday show. I encourage you to check that one out. It was a great conversation with him. We got into some of the defense. I just didn't believe it could get this good. I mean, Chris Paul is better, I think, having watched them both now in, in detail. Better defender than Ricky Rubio, but still, you know, by no means like a Patrick Beverly or Marcus Smart type of pest that is reputation for, you know, causing havoc every night in the game plan for opposing teams. He's just not at that point. He's an older player now. Um, Devin Booker, we know his limitations. Cam Johnson, second-year player. You know, like, what are we going to get out of campaign? That was a big question. DeAndre Ayton, of course, being the central part of the game plan and the reason for their success, but a lot of reason for the uncertainty heading in. And he's answered a lot of those questions. He does it in a unique way. He doesn't block a lot of shots. He doesn't bully anybody necessarily, but he is sound in terms of his rotations. He's reading the game at a higher level. All of that has been true. It's been a really impressive surprise. It took me even maybe a couple of weeks of when the season had already started to really buy into it. I was like, okay, yeah, they're good. You know, we know what Monty's scheme is, how um, traditional and and sort of basics oriented it is. We're going to have help at the nail. We're going to switch like-sized players and, and lay in the clock. We're going to have, um, you know, smart players out there and all those things. I'm like, okay, but really, are they going to be that much better than last year? And the answer is, resoundingly yes and it's to be determined how real it is in terms of what it can do to stop elite playoff offenses but that's a conversation and a question and a concern for a far different time down the road making the playoffs being a high seed and being competitive is a massive success and the defense is a big part of that but just more broadly like having fans in this building not something I expected as soon as it happened. And um, I think most of you know my feelings that it was a little bit too early. You know, maybe now is when we can start to maybe be a little bit more open to stuff like that. I do think it's coming 
sooner rather than later across not just basketball, not just sports, but everywhere as the country and the world start to get back to a state of normalcy. Um, But it's just been really interesting to watch that play out. And um, I think it's something I've gotten to appreciate more, like being at these games. And I'm sure those of you who are listening who have been at a game, it's been really cool for you, like very unique, um, not only to be one of so few people in the building right now, but also to get it back after it was so suddenly taken from us. Um, Even watching a 500 team last year in person is a treat and getting that taken away sucked, right? And so uh, I think we all have a greater appreciation for that. And just generally, like watching how the city has responded to a team that's really good. We did an episode on the show um, on New Year's Eve going into 2021 with Greg Esposito, Espo, and John Voida, who hosts a show um, Sun's Jam, um, Sun's Jam session on Bright Side of the Sun Network, just about what it is like to be a fan right now of this team and over time watching it, staying loyal, trying to be positive, and now the payoff. And I've been really impressed with how much, you know, local coverage has catered to the Sun's strong season. We've seen national people. It just makes me feel like the like we, I, it bugs me honestly. This gets said about the Knicks so often, and it's like, who cares? Um, the the you know, the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. I think that just means more people pay attention to the NBA when the Knicks are good, and that just means there's more conversation. And I guess that's awesome in all you know all things considered. But I think the same thing is really true about the Suns. In that, I feel like it feels natural for these guys to who cover the league, men and women who cover the league, to just naturally start talking about this franchise again. I feel like there's such a history here. There's such a fan base. There's such a a brand of exciting basketball that no matter who has been the point guard seems to always be the case, which is just a unique and interesting facet of this team's history. But it's another era of that right now. And it's been really cool the way that everybody has glommed on and taken note and, and enjoyed the ride. And I think this team has such um, a another level to reach. Um, when you just look at, at Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you know, we haven't seen just a, you know, 30 points, 10 assists game from each guy, like just the types of stuff that even Paul was doing with, with Harden, I think is within reach here. And I think we're going to see it. And, you know, just thinking about what this team can be as a playoff squad is really exciting to me. So we're going to look into a lot of that as the all-star break goes on. At Portland on Thursday night will be our next game recap, so a lot of time in between now and then. I will be back with you guys Monday to talk with Brandon um, about our player grades for the second quarter of the season now that we are at the halfway point. Grade each player, maybe Monty, maybe James Jones. Have some fun with that, so check that show out on Monday. Until then, enjoy the break, guys. Enjoy the All-Star game, and I will see you on the other side of the weekend.